Time to get started. Good morning, everyone. Um, are there any prayer requests? Anyone wants to share before we go to our Father in prayer? and she had a bone marrow transplant uh, right before Christmas, and her body is responding to the bone marrow, so that's a huge praise, but she's super sick and has to stay in the hospital, unfortunately. So um, you could just pray for, her name's Brandy, you could just pray that her body continues to accept the bone marrow. And her name's Brandy? You Brandy, said? yes. Well, let's go to our garden prayer. Dear Father, we thank you for today, and we thank you for the opportunity we have to come into your presence today. We thank you that due to the blood of your Son, we can truly enter into your presence. We pray, Lord, today for our church, that you would refine us, work through the leaders of our church to make us more Christ-like each day. We pray for Jackie's friend from college, Brandy, who has to stay in the hospital, Lord. We thank you that the bone marrow transplanters seems to be working, but we just pray that you will uh, heal her so she can go out of the hospital soon. And for all the other unspoken prayer requests that we have, Lord, we pray that you would watch over us and guide us and bless us and have us um, become more and more like you each day. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So, the topic I'm teaching this morning for you is scripture memory. Now, you might be asking, Joseph, you're not an elder. Why are you teaching this class? Well, the story about that goes is I memorized the book of Philippians um, last January, or by the end of last January, and about a month later, I was meeting with Pastor Mark and asking him what he was going to preach on at some point, and he said he was meaning to preach through the book of Philippians. So I'm like, oh boy, I've memorized the book of Philippians. And then he's like, really? And we started talking, and... He said, you know, when I go to preach through Philippians, how about you demonstrate like ABF that you haven't memorized so we can have a class on Bible memorization to show that it's possible to memorize large portions of scripture. So that was back probably in March, but here we are today. The elders have graciously given me permission to teach this class, which I am grateful. And I pray by the end of it that more of you are motivated to go memorize scripture. Um, so before we begin, over this past year, how many of you spent any amount of time memorizing scripture? So, well, last year, sorry. Well, twenty twenty three. I had two for school, so. Same. I had two for school. Yeah. Yeah. Since uh, what I found too, talking slightly with my own family members, most of us don't memorize scripture. You know. We pray, we read the Bible, we hear the word preached, but memorizing scripture is just not something we really focus on. Um, and I think it's to our detriment, really. And I was like that too. My dad made me memorize scripture growing up, but you know, around 13, 14, you know, didn't really do it. It wasn't really until 2020 that I'm like, you know, I realized, I was convicted that, you know, the scripture my dad had me memorize, I've forgotten most of it. So in 2020, I'm like, you know, I should really re-memorize what he taught to me. 
And I did, and then I just kept adding to it. So I memorized scripture pretty much every day. Um, won't tell you exactly how many verses I memorized last year, but it was a good year. I'll say that. Um, and memorizing scripture is important. As you see on the outline, the first bullet is why, is why should we memorize scripture? What is the need for it? And the first reason we have is we are commanded for Commanded to memorize scripture. Um, would any one of you read Joshua 1 8? And if someone else could look up Colossians 3 16 and another person John 15 1 through 11. Just a question while those Yeah. Um, so when you say memorize scriptures, is this something you committed to memorize? When you memorize scripture, have you committed to memory permanently? Um, I commit uh, as best as I can. I know with Philippians, I was reviewing it last night and I don't have every single word still down. Um, the words that I've forgotten or like changed, it's minor enough, it doesn't really make a difference in the text. Um, but to the extent I can, I do try to remember it, if not word for word, at least thought for thought. So. Does anyone have a Joshua 1 8? Yeah. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. And who has Colossians 3, 16? I have that one. Yeah. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing praises and hymns, and spiritual songs with faithfulness in your hearts to God. And what do we notice about those two verses? First verse we notice that God is saying we must meditate on his word and there is a blessing that comes with that. And memorization is closely tied to meditating. Um, since we see in scripture like Psalm 63, you meditate on God's word in the watches of the night. If you're laying on your bed, you don't re really have your Bible with you always. So how can you meditate on God's word? Well, you must have it internalized, which means to some extent memorized. And there's a blessing that comes with that. God will bless us the more we are devoted to him to an extent. And in Colossians 3.16, the word is dwelling in us richly. What does it mean to richly dwell in something? To be part of. Become part of. <coughs> yeah, so, and applying that to the word, what does that mean the word should be in relation to us? It should be part of our, our being, part of our everyday life. Yes, and memorization is one way it truly becomes part of one's life. Um, I've noticed with some of the Psalms I've memorized last year that I'll be humming them like when I'm just working. Like they've become so part of my life that I don't even have to consciously think about it and it's like flowing out of me and that's just wonderful and I'd love it if all of us could be like that. Um, and could someone read John 15, 1 through 11? I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. 
every branch in you that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes, that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, you abide in me, and my words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abided in his love. For these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. And again, we see Jesus saying, his words must abide in us, and therefore he abides in us through that. And we see with all of these verses, there's a command. God says his word must abide in us, and that's a command. We can't just say, we can read our Bible, but... Meditating on scripture, that's optional. I don't really need to do that. No, we need to do it. Um, it's commanded. And of course, there's grace there. And some people can, well, no, that's actually not true. I was almost going to say some people can memorize scripture more easier than others, but technically that's not true. Um, with the right training, anyone can memorize a lot of scripture. Um, but we're commanded to do it, so we need to be memorizing scripture to some degree or another. And what's one benefit, or one reason we memorize scripture? It's point two on the outline if you want to cheat, but what's one reason we memorize scripture? Well, I don't see where I used to have it on the outline, but, oh, there I see, point B, yeah, that we might not sin. I was, that's very important. What were you going to say? I was going to say that um, when we were reading Hebrews in company group, I memorized the chapter that we were going to study the week before. I would have my Bible app open on my phone and I was taking my walk my French Bible app because it would just seem to be just seem to work with the French. And I memorized the whole chapter and I did um, really experience and the word in a new way through memorizing. Because because in order, because you have to really be attuned to the context in order to remember which verse comes next. Why does this verse follow the previous one? There's, there has to be a connection, and those connections aren't immediately apparent. Yeah, we get a deeper understanding of God's word and God Himself through memorizing. It, it, it yeah. does something really profound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say that goes under what I intended with point three: enjoying God and abiding forever. Like, yes, very good point, Joan. Like, memorizing scripture, like, you look at it in a new light. That's why I'm excited about the pastor preaching through Philippians, since I'm like, I've memorized it so I might hear it in a new light now that I've already known it. 
Another reason that I found scripture memory helpful is it helps us not to sin. Um, could anyone read for us Psalm 119, 9 through 11? Okay. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Here we see a direct link between memorizing God's word and having it in our heart and obeying it. Um, practically, I've found since I've memorized Philippians, um, when I'm tempted to sin in certain areas, a Philippians verse will all of a sudden just pop into my head. Like Philippians 2.14 says, Do all things without grumbling or disputing? And sometimes, you know, my heart's grumbling about something. It could be something as simple as, I have to clean dirty dishes. And I'm grumbling as I start to do it. And I tell you, that verse just popped into my mind since I have it memorized. And I'm like, wait a minute, I should not be grumbling. I'm supposed to do everything without grumbling. Um, and I just find the Holy Spirit just uses that, the verse that I have memorized, to be like, Joseph, you've memorized this, you shouldn't be doing this. And it's re really helpful. At the very least, it makes me see my sin more and more than I have before. That sounds great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And, and there's so many scripture verses that deal with certain sins, like James 1, when he talks about, like, um, be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Like, how relevant is that for our lives? Since we're so often quick to speak and slow to listen. And could someone read Psalm 19.11? Moreover, by them is your servant warned, in keeping them, there is great reward. And Psalm 19 is about loving God's law. So verse 11 here is saying, by God's law we are warned of our sins, and again, there's a reward that comes with obeying God. We might not see it in this life, but there is a reward that comes with it. So, another reason to memorize scripture is, it can help us from sinning against our Father. And don't we all want that? Um, Jerry Bridges, who is a navigator who, I take a lot of my memorization from him, since he, in his books, constantly says we should memorize scripture in his pursuit of holiness, um, and his book on uh, the practice of godliness. He notes that often we pray for like, God help me with a particular sin, but if we only pray about it and don't memorize scripture that speaks to that sin, he's like, we're really not doing all we should do to beat that sin. He's like, we should really pray and then go out and memorize scripture that convicts us of that sin. And I found, I found in my own experience that's true. Memorizing scripture really changes how I view the sin compared to just praying about it. And point C, enjoying God and abiding forever. This I think is truly the most important reason um, for memorizing scripture because it helps us know God better. And we can truly delight in him better because we have his scripture memorized. Um, so if some of you could look up Psalm 1, Psalm 73, 23-26, and Psalm 16, 5-9, and I will do Matthew 7, 24.
Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked of the other. I love this. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Pastor, Pastor Owen preached on this one time, and I remember that he pointed out to us the, the um, progression in the first two verses from walking to standing to sitting, getting more and more immobilized by sin and in sin. Yeah. And I, I just love the imagery of that, uh, who delights in the Lord, that he's like a tree planted by streams of water, and he yields fruit. I just love that image, just like we see in John 15 too, how if we abide in Christ, how like we are like a blessed tree that's blessed by the living water himself, Jesus. And by abiding in his word through memorizing and reading his word, we are abiding in life itself. And that's just a beautiful picture of why it, memorizing scripture can be a delight. Who has Psalm 73? I can read Psalm 73, 23 through 26. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, and afterward you will receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire beside you. My flesh and all my heart may fail, but God is my strength, my heart, and my portion forever. Forever, oh, excuse me, for behold, those who are far from you shall perish. You put an end to everyone who is unfaithful to you. By the way, the one we just read, there was a lady who used to sing the song and made that very popular and did recordings of it, and she actually came to the church and sang it. But she used to sing to the summer camp up in the mountains at PCA. So that one was very easy for me to remember. Is that the one right here that we just read? The one you just read. That's all one, yeah. And... Later in the lesson, I will get to a, something you can do to help yourself m remember some of the psalms. Um, it's, it's really great, and it helps make memorizing Scripture easier, which I know probably some of you are thinking, well, Scripture memory sounds tedious and hard. No, no, you can make it fun, and we'll get to that later. There's Psalm 73. I love that picture of how Jesus is our portion forever, and as we memorize scripture, we see that more and more, and more and more, we are like the psalmist, and we're like, whom do we have in heaven but God? And memorizing scripture can help us more and more not desire the things of the world, but desire Christ. Who has Psalm 16? Yeah. The Lord is my chosen portion in my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. 
I have set the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. Therefore my heart is glad, and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells securely. Says Lila, in the night your heart instructs me. How many of us have had times where we can't sleep at night? We're tossing and turning, right? We've all been there, and how great it would be if instead of needing to turn on the light to read your Bible for comfort, you have scripture memorized that you can start just praying or reminding yourself of right there, right then and there. I know I've had nights like that the past six months where I can't sleep, but because I have scripture memorized, I'm like, well, since Psalm 16, I have memorized, and that's been a great comfort to me the past six months. I still start remembering that, and I'm like, the lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. I might not be seeing that right now, but I'm like, Lord, just remind me that I do have a beautiful inheritance in you. And just have, knowing that scripture means I don't need to open my Bible to try to find it when I'm down. I can just recall it back to my mind. And how great it would be if all of us could do that with many scripture passages. In Matthew 7, 24 to 27. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fail, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell. And great was its fall. What do we see here that Jesus is saying? Well, memorizing scripture, having the, well, the word, will establish us against the forces that would destroy us. Yeah. That just will help us stand, will will establish it. Will cause us to prevail. Or he he will prevail through us. Yes. Yes, like uh, Ephesians six when Paul says put it on the spiritual armor, he's like, With it you can extinguish the flame and darts of the evil one. Like we can use God's word to encourage us against Satan and demons, uh, Temptations and plots against us. So now, hopefully, we all see the need for scripture memory. But of course, we have objections. Um, I've listed two on the outline. If you have more, feel free to share them. But what are some objections someone or even you might give to memorizing scripture? Well, I definitely can apply the two you have. Though. For the longest time, I would say I don't have a lot of time to memorize a lot of scripture, and I'm very slow to memorize. I read the scripture cover to cover every year. That's an awful lot to memorize. <laughs> yeah. Um, according to my, from what I've found, I don't think anyone has officially memorized the whole Bible cover to cover. I think right now there are some people who have memorized like 40 to 45 books in the Bible. And the whole New Testament, which the whole New Testament is relatively, I don't want to say relatively easy, but it is to the Old Testament, because the New Testament has like 7,700 verses. 
No testaments to 24,000. Um, big difference. Um, so yeah, no one's ever memorized, I think, the whole Bible cover to cover, really can recite all of it. But large, it is possible to memorize a lot of scripture. Um, I'm too busy. Why is that a bad excuse? Yes, yes, that was a big point I made on my notes. Um, we always find time for what's important to us. And like if my mom called me up today and said, Joseph, you need to come home next weekend. I'd be like, Mom, I don't have the time. I have other commitments. But if she said, your dad broke his hip and is in the hospital and he's really not doing good, well, then I would make the time. Um, we make time for what's important to us. Um, and... I mean, we'll get to you later. You really don't need a lot of time to memorize scripture. Truly, five minutes a day is all you need. Five minutes a day. If we can make it, can, do we have time for five minutes? Yes, we do. Um, but something I remembered is during World War II, C.S. Lewis said that um, we are always falling in love or quarreling, looking for jobs or fearing to lose them. If we let ourselves, we will always be waiting for some distraction or other to end before we really get down to our work. But then he says, the only people who achieve much are those who want knowledge so badly that they seek it while the conditions are unfavorable. Favorable conditions never come. And that stuck with me because we say we're too busy, and often that is an excuse, but you never find the perfect time to start Memorizing scripture. Like you might be like, two weeks from now I can start Joseph when stuff gets a little freer. You never find the perfect time. So just start. Just start. Maybe you already know John 3.16, the famous verse we all know. Well, start this week. Memorize John 3.17. Just start. Um, and I'm again reminded, uh, Teddy Roosevelt, a story about him, our 26th president. He was probably only a cultural Christian. But uh, once in 1888, he was living out west as, as a cattle rancher, and one night, three horse thieves stole his boat. And he and his two buddies were like, well, we need to go get, get them, since this is a frontier, like, we need to get them. So they made a boat, sailed down a raging river after them on a three-day journey. Do you know what Roosevelt brought with him on that boat ride? He brought with him Tolstoy's Anna Kiriana, the classic, because he wanted to read it. And on the boat ride, he would put a blanket over his head when it was raining and read as fast as he could when he could. So whenever he had a free moment, he would read. He's on a boat ride running after, running after horse thieves who stole his boat. It's raining, and he brought that boat with him because he knew what C.S. Lewis later said, that favorable conditions never come. He would never have a perfect time to start reading the book. So he's like, I'm going to start reading right now. And we might disagree with his choice of reading materials and be like, you should have taken J.C. Ryle's book on holiness because that came out one year before Tolstoy's book and is much better, for instance. <laughs> um, but he knew favorable, favorable conditions never come. And same applies to the excuse, I'm too busy. Well, when are you not busy? Like looking at my life, yeah, I'm not married and I don't have kids, but when am I not busy? Very rare. So, like, you're never going to have a perfect time. So just start. Just start. What's another objection that Steve touched on? Um, yeah. Well, not that was yeah. written here, but I think of uh, 
and you'll see this when it comes to like trying to memorize the books of the Bible. People, I, mean, I encounter this with students all the time. Um, why do I need to memorize the books of the Bible in order, Mr. Mock? Because I have them right there in my Bible. I just, I just open there's a table of contents. So, or I just put, put up my, my phone app and I just search for the book. And, and so people might think the same way. Why do I need to memorize this when it's just, I, I have it immediately accessible to me. It's right there, <clears throat> electronically or, or in hard copy form. I almost put that down on that time, um, but yes, that's a good point. Why memorize if I can just look up any Bible verse in like five seconds on my phone? Well, one, I would say that's a, looking at it from a misguided view. That's taking for granted our access to the Bible whenever we need it. But when are some situations where you need scripture and you won't have a Bible with you? Can anyone think of any? They happen all the time. I used to teach, and you know, I did not have a Bible in my hand anytime some critical situation came up for a student, like one of them threatened suicide one time. And they had to go have the talk that later he told me was the talk that stopped him from actually killing himself. And I did a quick prayer on the way out and had memorized some scripture that I've focused on. So, yeah, I relate strongly to what you're saying, Lee, but you're not going to have your phone or whatever constantly with you all the time. Yeah, and that's partly a deeper issue. We don't memorize stuff in general because we can just look it up online. Just think of phone numbers. Um, how many phone numbers do you actually have memorized? You should have your own phone number memorized, but besides that, um, <laughs> Maybe a spouse, maybe you have a, your, one of your child's or your parents' phone number memorized, but like what, maybe three or four numbers, tops, maybe, maybe. Um, but like what if your phone breaks or gets stolen and you need to call someone on that list and you don't have your number memorized? Like this hit home for me. I live here in Fayetteville. My family is in another state, My, hundreds of miles away. If something happens to me, I can call them, but they can't do anything. Not really. Um, so I have an emergency contact down here, and when this person agreed to be my emergency contact, I memorized their phone number because I'm like, something happens to me, and I need to call someone. I want to call someone close by who can actually do something. And if my phone is stolen or broken, well, I need to know their phone number. Um, so we take for granted we don't need to do that because it's in our contacts. And granted... I'm not saying go out and memorize everyone in your contacts. No, that's, that's a waste of effort and being foolish. You don't need to know that. But just like with scripture, there are times you might need to know scripture right there. Like I've had instances where with my boss at work, Brian, or my former boss, he would ask me a religious question, and we're out there working, so I can't pull out my cell phone and look up a Bible verse, but he has an objection to something, and once I had scripture memorized, that dealt right with that objection. So, thankfully, I knew it well enough I didn't have to stop and pull out my phone, which I shouldn't do. When, uh, when people are going up for, the candidate for the gospel ministry, they take licensure exams and ordination exams. And one uh, burdensome, at least, it's the least fun thing to do is, as you're preparing, you're supposed to outline every book of the Bible. So, you need to be ready to outline any book of the 66 books of the Bible that 
And a presbyter might say, hey, outline the book of Ruth, outline Leviticus, outline Gospel of John. And that's a lot of work. But the, the, the value of that is if you're talking with someone and you want to know the, the start, the finish, the start, you know, the middle, the finish of this particular book and how, um, how it might help with whatever conversation you're, you're having, and you don't want to say, well, let me just pull out my, my outline here that I just happened to have. You know. So I think it, there's a freedom of having conversations that you don't know where they're going. You don't know what you're going to talk about. You don't know what someone's going to ask. You don't know how the Spirit's going to move you in a particular conversation. So to have a scripture verse to speak to something in a very timely manner is valuable. Can I add to what you said and what Pastor yeah. Bob said by suggesting that knowing, having, having scripture memorized is a good witness to people you're trying to evangelize because they see that it's important enough to you that you committed time necessary to learn it that well. Yeah, Brian later told me that uh, I'm the most um, dedicated Christian he's ever met. And I took, take that as a compliment, of course, and it makes me think, like, if I don't, didn't know Scripture as well as I did, would he have said that about me? And would it have made that much of an impact on him? Um, he's not a Christian yet, but I'm working on it. God, God's working on it. Um, and another objection here is you do hear people say this a lot, like, I just don't have a good memory. We hear this when people are like, oh, I'm bad at remembering names, you know? Stuff like that. This objection is, I want to disabuse you of that as a legitimate reason. None of you here have a, good, have a bad memory, excuse me. There are only two reasons you can legitimately say, I have a bad memory. And does anyone know that? Brain injury. Yes. Traumatic brain injury, that's damage like the hippocampus or a part of your brain that's associated with forming memories. And there's one more reason. Cognitive decline? Yes, a type of, specifically dementia or Alzheimer's, a type of brain disease where the memory portions of your brain decay and break down, not just normal aging, but in a rapid manner. Um, if you have those, you can truly say you have a bad memory because your physical brain cannot form or remember new memories. Um, but I'm pretty sure none of us have that, as we know. And God willing, none of us will ever suffer that. Um, so you cannot say you have a bad memory. So this brings up the question then. Why do we forget so many things that we don't want to? Well, one reason is, as Samuel Johnson, the English um, writer said in the 1700s, he said the art of memory is the art of attention. And memory athletes will tell you that there are two key things to remembering something, concentration and repetition. So if you forget something that someone told you, realistically you weren't paying well enough in the first place to remember it. Um, and that might sound harsh, but that's true. Like, I know I've had times, I meet a new person, they're telling me their name, and I forget it right after, well, I need to be honest with myself and be like, I wasn't paying attention to them as well as I should have. And that's a poor witness um, to Christ. Um, there, there are times, maybe you'll get to this, but we remember a lot of other things. You'll have one person saying, I can't memorize scripture, but then they'll know all of the stats of the favorite sports team. 
they'll know all the players, first, middle, and last names. They'll know their batting average. They'll will know how many games they've played in a year. They'll know all kinds of things. They'll know their team's record. You know, especially if they're playing baseball, 162 games, they know what, what it is. And yet, you know, there are other things that, well, I just don't have a good memory to do it. Okay. Yeah. So that goes back to priorities. Yeah. And now there is a difference between a trained memory and an untrained memory. Mm -hmm. There are things you can do to make yourself remember things more easily. One thing, memory athletes, and yes, that is a thing, uh, memory athletes will tell you to help yourself remember something you associated with an emotion. Because you remember emotional things better than non-emotional things and more abstractions. Because the amygdala in your brain regulates emotion, and when you're trying to remember something, if there's a strong emotion that's tied to it, it will help the hippocampus form a long-term memory and remember it. Um, so, I'm not going to get into how you can use that with scripture because that's beyond the scope of this class. Maybe if there's ever a scripture memory 102 class, we can get into it. Um, but that's something you do. Associate a strong emotion with something you want to remember. Like if someone tells you their name, maybe try to think of, is there anyone else you know who has that name who you're friends with? And try to tie that together in some way. Um, and big thing is, train your concentration. Um, so... I'll get into this. When I memorize scripture, I put my phone away from me, turn it on silent, and I'll make sure there are no distractions in my room. And that way I can concentrate better on scripture, and the harder you concentrate, the more likely it is to remember. So like if you want to memorize scripture today, don't do it when your kid or your spouse is in the middle of talking to you. Find a place by yourself and concentrate. You'll be more likely to remember it. I think he would be more likely to remember when I was talking to him. <laughs> so, one of the things that amazes me, and I've been tempted to pay to do this, uh, people in the business I used to work for for 30 years, not very high ups, had to go take this class that they could walk into a room with 50 people in it, all 50 people introduced themselves, and they had to relay those names back, point at each one of them, and tell them their name. And they went through a training class that taught them how to do that. It's not free, and I would love to know how in the world they did that. Yes, uh, there's a way to do that. Um, most likely they were using the memory palace technique. Again, I know a lot about it, and I'm working on that for my own personal life, but I don't want to get into it because um, I want to give you knowledge today that you can take home and apply today. And the memory palace and techniques like that, that takes a lot more runway to get off the ground. Um, so... You can come talk, talk to me. Later. <laughs> we can talk later about it, but um, I'm not going to get into it today. But yes, you can use stuff like that to memorize, like pi to 1,000 digits, or stuff like that. All the countries of the world in alphabetical order with their capitals, you know, stuff like that. Um, and truly, memory athletes who do this professionally, they all say basically the same thing, that they do not have exceptional memories, and that before they started out, they thought their memory was bad which just goes to show that anyone with the right practice can do that. So any of us can memorize large portions of scripture. There's really no excuse to be saying we don't have a good memory or whatever. It's just are we willing to commit the time to do it. Um, and through church history, there have been many of our uh, forefathers in the faith who have memorized scripture. We have 
St. Augustine, who it was said about him that scholars have said that he studied the Psalms so well that he could, that when he actually wrote, he was not writing just in Latin, but he was writing in Psalms. Like his writing started to take on the cadences and the reflections of the Psalms because he had them memorized so well, it just came out of his writing. Um, and we have, during, mainly during the Catholic era, um, church uh, monasteries normally required monks to memorize the whole Psalms. And normally it took them six months to two years to do. Um, if it took them two years, there's like 2,400 uh, verses in the Psalms, so that's like 3.4 verses a day, which really isn't that much when, if you're devoting your whole time to it. So I'm like, if I was doing it, I'm like, I think I would do it faster than two years. But six months to two years, they would memorize the whole Psalms. And while we're not saying we should go to a monastery, since that's not biblical, they would memorize the whole Psalms. How great it would be if we had the whole Psalter memorized. You um, could sing it in church, that would help. Yeah. Like some, some Presbyterian denomination, I can't remember which one. Yeah. yeah. The RBCNA, yeah, they're exclusive psalmody. I propose that we sing a psalm in church. <coughs> We, we did that in choir a couple of times. We picked songs that were uh, adapted. It was as close as possible to the original song. It actually did help me. I think of that song, anytime I hear that scripture reference, I think that, that song comes back into my mind. Yeah, I've, I've memorized like 20 songs over the past year, and it's been so good. Um, now I want to memorize all 150, but that took a while. But it's so good. Just even having 20 memorized, I'm like, it's been so such a blessing for me. Um, we see John Bunyan, who wrote Pilgrim's Progress. Um, it was said about him that uh, Charles Spurgeon said he cannot speak without quoting a text, for his very soul is full of the Word of God. So literally, every time he spoke, it was filled with Scripture. And how marvelous that is. Um, the Puritans were great with that in general. Uh, Puritan Thomas Manton said, A Christian is to be a walking Bible, to have a good stock and treasure in himself. So Manton is saying, like, all of us should... Be like John Bunyan, knowing the Bible so well and being able to speak it. And then we have C.S. Lewis. He was known for a parlor trick he would do. Um, a student would be in his home, and he's like, pick any book from my bookshelf and read a line to me in it, and I would tell him what book it's from and what the context is. And time and time again, he would do it correctly. Now, it helped he didn't have like thousands and thousands of books. He had a smaller section. He just knew his books really well. Um, but he was known, he read through the Psalter once every single month for like years. So no wonder he knew, he knew scripture really well too. Like imagine if you read the Psalms completely through every month, how much better you would know them after just one year or two years. Here's a really good little book on why the Psalms are interesting and beneficial. And now I will get to um, quickly what I do to memorize scripture. Um, so here we have Psalm 23, um, the first, beginning of the first verse. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. When I spent, like I say, just five minutes, well, I spent ten minutes a day. Five minutes in the morning, five minutes in the evening. But I would say with just five minutes a day, you can memorize probably one to three verses a week if you do it every day. And... Five minutes a day. It's not some weird 
advertisement life hack saying five minutes a day and you get like in shape. No. This, this actually works. Five minutes a day and you can memorize scripture. Um, so what I do, the first letter method. After I read the verse, I write it down on a note card, but I remove all the letters but the first one. So, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And you'll find after reading through the verse, once you go to this method, it's pretty easy to actually remember. And what it does, it makes your brain work harder because you don't have the whole word, but it doesn't make your brain work too hard that you draw a blank. And what that does is, by making your brain work harder, you're more likely to remember it because your brain is concentrating harder. Which, as we said earlier, concentration is key to remembering. So, I'll write this down, and I'll just read it out to myself for I'll set a timer for five minutes, and just towards the end of the five minutes, I won't even look at this, and I'll see if I can just say it without looking. And then, I'll sometimes bring the note with me to work, and on my lunch break, review it again. But, really, first letter method, it works. And you can do it for literally any verse. Um, any questions about that? You can also try, in the course of your making your brain work harder and harder, example, erasing every other letter and putting a blank there. Yes. Now that you're making me remember a lot of memory work I did with my foreign language students in class. And that's, that is a really astonishingly effective technique. Yeah, it, it, it works. It, it's crazy how well it works. Um, now, does next it, point does on that. Work for, for, if you're memorizing multiple lines, does that work for first line as well? Yeah, yeah, you can use that to memorize multiple lines. Um, can I add one more thing too? Yeah. So another technique that I use for helping my little fourth graders memorize is that there's a good connection between words and pictures. So even being able to, um, like if you're a visual person, to be able to draw a little sketch of whatever you're trying to memorize will also help you get it into long-term storage too. So that your, your memory is cued by the picture. Yeah, yeah. Pictures do help, which again connects to the memory palace. Um, since we are very visual, um, we remember images actually better than plain words. Um, of course, like I said, can't really get into that. But you remember buying out images better than words. So converting abstract words into pictures can help you remember the words. Um, and the third point I have here is songs. As we know in the Psalter, can help you memorize the songs. Um, one example I found this past six months is this group called The Corner Room, which they are listed on your outline. They have done, I think, around 24 songs, along with the Isaiah 52, 13 to 53 passage and some sayings of Jesus, like the Beatitudes, as songs. And they literally do it word for word based on the ESV version. Um, and... I think we have time since I'm almost to the example, so I will play one of their songs for you if that's okay. Um, because they, I've listened to them and it really has helped me memorize scripture because I just listened to it on the way to work and the, the way home and I remember. And they do that for like 24 songs and words of Jesus and 
even if you don't start memorizing five minutes a day, buy one of their albums, play around the house, play going to work, and you're fine to start memorizing that scripture. Um, and then, once you have scripture memorized, well, you want to remember it, right? When I was 12, my dad had my brothers and I memorize Psalm 73, 28 verses. But after we memorized it, what happens? I forgot it. And a couple of years ago, I'm like, I don't have that memorized. Why? Well, because you concentrated, so you remembered it. But to remember it forever, you have to repeat it every now and then. So, has anyone heard of the forgetting curve? It was um, first founded by Hermann Ebernhaus, a German uh, psychologist in the 1800s, saying that we forget things at a standard rate. Like when you first memorize something, you know it. But then let's say a day goes by and you don't review, it drops down, two days drops down, and eventually, like after a week, if you don't review it at all, you would have forgotten it. But they're found if you review at a certain rate, you will remember it. You won't remember everything because we're human. But after like a week, you actually remember it compared to previously. And one way we remember things is through flashcards. Um, what I do, I use an app called Anki. Anki is the, stands for the Japanese character for memory. It uses this space repetition software where scientists have figured out, based on this, we forget at a certain rate. So the best time to review something is the moment before they're actually about to forget it. Like I know Philippians, so I don't need to review it tomorrow, but let's say I don't review it for six months. Then I should review it to make sure I don't forget. And based on this, it will tell you, okay, today you have to review this verse. All my scripture verses are in there. So it's like today I reviewed Psalm 32, because the app is like, you're about to forget Psalm 32, so today we're going to show it to you. And then, if I've forgotten it, I say, forgotten, and it'll show it to me again today and tomorrow. But if I know it really well, it'll be like, okay, two months from now we're going to show it to you. That way, you can remember what you've memorized, and by having an app do it, you don't have to figure out, like, what do I memorize today? Because if you put what you want to remember in it, it'll tell you. Um, but the best way to also review is, Say, this is the first side of the flashcard, Psalm 23. The best way to review is you actually have nothing on the other side of the flashcard. And does anyone know why that is? They don't cheat. Yes, but also it makes your brain work harder. Your brain does not have any hints. It's not like you're getting the first word or the first two words, the Lord, which might give your brain a hint. This way you either know it or you don't. And it makes your brain work harder in review, which locks in the memory. Um, so Psalm 23, you leave it blank. So then I either know it or I don't. Um, so, so the best way to review is retrieval, not review. Most people, when they review stuff, stuff, they just read through it again and again. Like, you're reviewing for a test, you just read through the book. No, the best way is closed book. You make your brain retrieve all the information. And they're more likely to remember um, any questions? And as you can see, I have a passion for this, so if you have any questions during the week or next week, please talk to me. Um, and if you actually memorize a verse this week, please, please talk to me next week. 
Um, since nothing makes a teacher happier than having students put into practice what they're bringing. I think you should give us a, a homework assignment test That's what I think. <laughs> yeah, well... I do. She won't be here next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> well, my, my homework assignment would be this. Um, <laughs> if, if you don't have John 3.16 memorized, memorize John 3.16 this week. Just one verse. If you already know John 3.16, add John 3.17 to it. Not my homework assignment. Start small, baby steps. Just one verse. Um, and let's see. Well, if we go a little over, that's okay. I probably have enough time. If you want, I will recite the first chapter of Philippians just to show you that, yes, it's possible, and I'm not just talking without showing that I've actually done it. I was hoping you would do this. Now, go for it. Um, Philippians chapter 1. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. Oh, before I begin, feel free to flip to Philippians in your Bible. I memorized using the ESV version. Um, like I said to Harry, I don't remember every word exactly, but it's pretty much thought for thought. <clears throat> Philippians chapter 1. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. To all the saints who are in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank remembrance of you in all my... I thank God for you in all my prayers for you all, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who has begun a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all, for I hold you all in my heart, for you are all partakers of me with grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. As God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your knowledge may abound more and more in knowledge and all this, excuse me, and it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve what is excellent and so be made pure and complete for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes from Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed proclaim Christ from envy and rivalry, but others do it out of love. But others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of envy and rivalry, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. As it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, in life or in death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, 
I know that I will continue and remain with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one mind, with one spirit, striving side by side for the sake of the gospel, and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of their salvation, and not from God. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, not only should you believe in him, but also suffer for his sake, engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. And chapter 2, just to show I have the beginning of that, you know it starts saying that, so then if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, and so on. Um, so it's definitely possible to memorize a whole book in the Bible. Philippines, 105 verses, took me around four months. I was averaging like six verses a week to memorize, um, and it's definitely possible. So baby steps. Start small, memorize one verse this week, but truly, you can memorize whole books in the Bible. Any questions? Thank you for this very encouraging. You're welcome. Admonition. You're welcome. Uh, let us pray. Dear Father, we thank you for today, and I thank you for the Sunday school class opportunity today. We pray, Lord, that we would uh, not leave this class um, believing we can memorize scripture and then failing to at least try it. I pray, Lord, for my brothers and sisters here that they will go out and seek to take steps to meditate and memorize on your word increasingly all the more, Father. And we pray you bless us now and bless our worship of you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.